This episode of My Best Eleven Pod is sponsored by Mandy's Homemade Bath Bombs. Welcome to another episode of My Best Eleven Podcast. Um, Today, uh, myself and Marv. Um, hi, Marv. How are you going? I'm good, thank you, Andrew. Good, good. Um, we've got another one of your ex-teammates um, on this um, on this episode, and we are very, very pleased and privileged to have somebody I would say I remember so fondly for his time at Luton, and particularly I know there's a lot of Burnley fans, um, twice Burnley, um, and also um, had a couple of stints as caretaker manager as well there. Today we have um, joining us is Steve Davis. Uh, so welcome, Steve. Nice to have you on. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks for the invite. Good to see you both. It's great to Good see Steve. you. Great to have you on. So um, what we're going to do is we're just going to launch straight in. Um, I know Mel's spoken to you a little bit about how we structure our pods. Um, and we're going to launch straight in. And first of all, before we do that, I just want to ask, how difficult was this? I've always wondered, was this something you found really difficult? Um, we've had a few people on who spent hours and hours doing this or... And then we've had a couple of people, I reckon, that did it on the, on the back of a um, chip packet in the car and, the, and driving on the way here. What about yourself? <laughs> no, well, it, was, it was difficult, to be fair, because you, you obviously you're, you're looking back over the different clubs you've been to and, and you, you're conscious as well that you don't want to leave people out. You know, Marv's been left out, unfortunately, but I, you know, there's no I can do about that. Um, I got so broad shoulders. Is, I got broad shoulders. I can take that, man. Don't worry. I got broad shoulders. I can take it, that. It, it's fine. Yeah, I'm sure you can, Marv. But, <laughs> but yeah, it is. It's difficult. It's difficult. It, you know, play. I was lucky enough and fortunate enough to play with some good players. But obviously, you can only pick eleven, as all the good managers say. So, so that's what I've tried to do. Excellent. And we'll start off then. You're talking about management. Um, obviously, one of the big things for managers, particularly these days, is formation. And you can see patterns and trends and things like that going in and out. Um, yep. Yourself, what formation have you got? Have you gone for? I've gone for a four-two-three-one. So, yeah, I've gone for. Interesting. Yeah, I'll not divulge too much, but I've gone for no. a couple of couple of sitters in midfield, and I've gone with some flair. Not too much pace, but a bit of flair and, and, and all the front, well, the front three, not including the centre forwards, can all, all interchange positions. So it's, it's, it's a team full of creativity. That's all I'm going like to say. That. Fantastic. We're looking forward to this. Um, and as, as, as ever, listeners, um, we'll let Steve, um, he'll give us a few clues as we go through each person. So try and guess in the car or on the commute, whatever it is you're doing um, as we go through. So I'll hand over to Steve to start us off with the goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, in goal for me, I've picked a, a player when, when I first went to Burnley in the first season, we managed to get promotion um, into league League One as it is now, and during that season we'd had three or four keepers. Um, we'd had a couple of injuries and a losses of form and stuff, but we needed a, a, a more permanent keeper. So we, we signed a, a, a young lad at the time from Sheffield Wednesday. Um, he came in and he's on his debut against Rotherham. He was absolutely outstanding. He, he made some unbelievable saves. He's got a lovely wand of a left foot. Very good at penalties. Um, and just a, a, a genuine all-round good goalkeeper. 
so so Marv, Marv will tell you as yeah, well. Have you got it? Is, it was it, was it, is it Marlon? Yes, it is. Oh, I went short because I went short. Sure I went short sure at Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, Marlon Beresford. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you started then. You know as well, Marv. As when you're when you're a defender, you you, you sometimes you, you you need someone behind you that you can rely on and you and you trust. Yeah. Um, and that that's what Marlon gave us at that point in at Burnley. Um, and we managed to get a, another promotion with him and the team at Wembley in the playoffs. And obviously he went on then and, and had a good career. He ended up at Luton. I think he had a couple of spells, didn't he? And yeah, he kicked in and he went somewhere else, but then came back and got another promotion. And just a just a good good keeper and a great and a great lad as well to boot. Popular with the with the uh, the supporters as well at, at all the clubs. I think he played at so top goalkeeper. Yeah. He was never the biggest, was he? Um, in terms of in terms of frame, I remember watching him down at Kenilworth, and I always I didn't have a hundred percent confidence on crosses. Um, mm. Shot stopping, arguably one of the best shot stoppers I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, it was very. He did have a few shouts of yours, mine away when crosses were coming. <laughs> 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 yeah, is... That's that's most goalkeepers say that anyway, don't they? Yeah, that. It is without a doubt. But but yeah, I, I agree. You know, like shot stopping and and penalty saves as well. He made a few for Burnley. I don't know whether he did for Luton or not, but uh, but yeah, he was very good, very good all round keeper. Yeah, well, he, he saved one. He saved one. I got sent off against Tramia in the last minute of the game, and John Aldridge was taking the penalty as I was walking off. I'd just gone up the tunnel. It was it was one each at the time, and last minute of the game, and, and Marlon Marlon saved it. So. I was I was uh, in his debt on that day. <laughs> <laughs> what was he like as a keeper? Was he a shouter or a quiet or a quiet one? Or was he no. was he like in a training ground that type of thing? No, he was he was very laid back. Um, very very much. He wasn't. He wasn't a keeper you would bracket in the mad mad sort of goalkeepers. Like I've played at Southampton with John Burridge, and he was he was a complete and utter nutcase. <laughs> you know, I think he started the mad goalkeeping sort of uh, phrase that they, they come up with now. You've probably seen his warm-ups from Crystal Palace and all those sorts of times, but he was nuts. Marlon was quite calm and composed and and pretty much uh, sort of very steady. He was, so, to, he was, to be fair, you're quite right about that. When they say about, like, goalkeepers are a little bit crazy, Marlon was very, very levelled, wasn't he? Level, yeah. there was no, like off the chart thing, you're thinking, oh my gosh, there he goes, like typical yeah. goalkeeper, but he wasn't like that. It wasn't like no, that at all, Marlon. He was, he was one, he was one I thought as well, where, you know, you know when you, you keepers are in the, in the in the net to make saves and keep the ball out the net, and he, and he did that, but he, he wasn't one if he made a save that he would get up and start shouting at the yeah. back four. Yeah, no, he wouldn't. You know, what, yeah. what you're doing, close him down, and he was not one of those, which yeah. I think, uh, was a good trait. He just he just quietly went about his job, and he was good at it. Fabulous. So moving on. So you've gone for three defenders, um, and no, we'll four. let you. Oh, four. Oh, sorry, four. yes, three. Four. Sorry, four. sorry. Four. I had three in my head. Four. Yeah, four, two, three, one. Yes. Yeah. So uh, you're on four. What? We'll start off with full backs, either or, right or left back. Um, yeah. And I know you've just put Marv out of his misery already for the left yeah. back one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. I'll go right back first. Um, he's he's part of an, ex, an a very very exclusive club. 
There's not many players in the history of football who've managed to do what this lad's done. Um, he's an international as well. Um, he's signed for one particular club on the same day that I signed. We stayed in the hotel together for, for three months. You've got to know, you're spoiling this game, you, Bob. You've got I'm to know, not right? spoiling it. I'm not, listen, I've not said a single word yet. I've not said a name yet. But like, go on, carry <laughs> no. on a little bit. I'm yeah. sure they've got it. Um, so on, I, was, I was fortunate enough to, to play with him. He was, he was Mr. Versatile, Mr. Dependable. Um, you, knew, you knew week in, week out what you were going to get from, from this lad. And, and I was fortunate, of, uh, fortunate enough to coach him as well. Our biggest coach at, at Burnley, latter, latter in his career. And he, and he managed to, to play to a, a ripe old age and, and got to where he deserved to be at the end of his career as well, which was the Premier League. He was yeah. he was absolutely superb. He sort of reinvented himself as well in his in his later career. Um, started to play in front of the back four, and he's just his intelligence and his his game knowledge and he's you know he wasn't the quickest. I think he was never the quickest. So he but he knew where to put himself on the pitch and he was he's as well as being a very very good footballer. He's now a successful manager, but a great lad as well. So yeah. you, you know who he is, Marv. And you'd probably do Andrew sure. as well. Yeah, I've got Andy him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Graham Alexander. Alexander. Yes. Correct. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Now, now manager at Salford City, I think. Yes, that's right. Yeah. 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 yeah so, so you, so did you play with him both at Luton and Burnley? No, I didn't play with him at Burnley, but I was the coach when he came to Burnley. Um, okay. Yep. So, so yeah, he was, but he, he was different class. Played, played it right back. He played up one as well as a wide right, didn't he, Marv, when he first came to Luton? Well, yeah, well that, I don't know if you remember the story. Like He, he was, came as a right midfielder and then yeah. he, he felt he wasn't getting enough of the ball or getting on the ball enough. So he said, to, I don't know, was it um, Terry or Wesley or Lenny that, oh, I want to play right back now. Yeah. I want to play right back. I want to play right. I want to, get, I want to, I want to be on the ball more. And so, yeah. I mean, he knew from that age when he, I mean, I don't know what age he was when he, First came to Luton, but he knew he was twenty-one. Was he twenty-one? So yeah, yeah. So he knew then that you know how he saw the game, how he wanted to be like you said, reinvent himself for the first time. That to get involved in the game more by playing that right back. Because again, you can see everything from that from that position, yeah. really, can't you? Yeah, he, he was he was different class, and and even to. Yeah. Later in my career as well, when my legs had gone, Stan turned and put me in the middle of the park as well. And I just I found it so difficult. You know, all of a sudden you've, you've had everything in front of you. Yeah. And now you've got people behind you and you've got to check your shoulder and people in front. And you, when you're receiving the ball, opening yourself up and all that sort of stuff. But Greta was such a good footballer, great awareness. And I mean, he even played at left back for his country against France, I think. Mark yeah. and Anelka, you know, so... He's, he was a top footballer, and and to play a thousand games for for any player, yeah. Yeah. is is unbelievable. Great achievement. Definitely loved his haircuts as well. Loved his. I remember. Didn't he have? Didn't he have bleach blonde for a while? Or am I forget? Yeah. Or am I imagining he something? He did. There's a funny he story did. behind that actually, because I was, I was, um, I, I don't think I was living it with Grazer because when Grazer moved into his house before I could move out the hotel, but where I was moving to wasn't ready. So, so I stayed and lived with Graham and, and Kazi's wife. Um, and we decided, I think it was, for, it was 
I don't know why we did it. But cup, was, was it a cup? Kind of, was it a cup game? It was a cup, cup game, game, yeah. And we said, come on, we'll, we'll dye your hair. I think it was Drezza's idea. So his <laughs> wife dyed his hair. And then with the same stuff, she, did, she had to go up my hair as well. But for some reason, my hair didn't come out. <laughs> and Greza turned blonde. So it was like, and he, he thought, he thought um, Kaz had stitched him up and sort of <laughs> done his hair, but not put the proper stuff on my barnet. So I got away with it. So there you go. Fantastic guy. Um, and a left back. Where are, you, where are you going for left back? Are you going for a bit left of pace? Um, I'm going with a bit of athleticism. Um, he could run all day. This lad, um, another one who's had a superb career, um, played with him at two clubs. Uh, one, one of them, he'd sort of reinvented him, himself a little bit later on in his career. Um, and he's played as a left side centre half. Um, played, he's a very, very quiet lad, unassuming. Um, That's not Marvin. It's definitely not Marvin then. No, it's definitely <laughs> not Marvin. He had a, had a he had a good career. He, he, he liked to talk about a cup final he played in and he liked to talk about a couple of goals he'd scored against Arsenal in the North London derby. Um, so there's a, there's a few, few, few clues. You don't know, Marv? I'm Gavin, Gavin McGowan? No, scored a couple of goals in the North London derby. There was my guess for was a Played in the cup final. You're not talking about Mitchell... Yes, Mitchell. <laughs> Mitchell. Yeah. Because you said he's very. You said he's quiet. What you, you said something like he's quiet and not. What you said something through me. Yeah, I, I he's not quiet. I know he's quiet and unassuming. I was throwing you. I know you did. You did. That's what I hope. Did the exact opposite. <laughs> yes, you're right. Yeah. No. So yeah, Mitchell. Mitchell Thomas is a left back. Yeah, what was he like? What was he like to play with? Um, I mean, because as much as you said, he's a big personality, and I know he's really. We've heard a few stories from Marv about him. Um, yeah. um, but in terms of for yourself, what was he like as a as a man around a dressing room? Um, experience played at the top level, top top level as well. As you say, North London derby. Yeah, that's right. It was, it was great when I first joined. Obviously, I'd, I was one of these lads when I grew up. I'd I'd love football and and took notice of cup finals and you know players for the past and obviously Mitch I knew knew Mitch had played in the cup final and and had a had a great career um, up until that point and and just just going in the dressing room you know and meeting these lads and Gary Gary Waddock as well at the time and the likes of Marv who we played against in as youth team footballers as well but. But Mitch was, despite his career, was just a, a really down to earth lad as well. You know, he did he did like to have a joke and say, you know, he played in the cup final and, and let you know he played at the top <laughs> level and, and in England squads and whatnot. But but deep down, he was he was a great, great lad and a, a good teammate. And if he was playing, everything was fine. But I'm sure you remember when he didn't play, <laughs> a certain assistant manager at the club, he he certainly. He could stand his ground, like, and if he wasn't happy, he'd let you know as well. So, and he let Mick McGiven know, didn't he? <laughs> what he, what he thought? <laughs> I so, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. He can't, he can't say that, and then and he can't, can't. He can't talk. In, he can't talk coded. We're we're all You're right. we're all open. <laughs> so, Steve, you got to tell the story because I can't really remember the story. The full well, story. That's been me, me being truthful. I can't remember the, he, the full he story. Come on. 
he couldn't get in the team at the time. And I think Mick McGiven had said, you know, you need, you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to work harder in training. And, 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 Mitch, and Mitch just sort of turned around and just said, yeah, all right, Mick, and just, walk, and just walked off. Or <laughs> <laughs> left him. Left him to it and thought, and, and he just sort of left him with, you don't know what you're going on about. And yeah. Mick was Mick was a good coach and he was knowledgeable. You know, he yeah. he had a good career as well. But but Mitch was just just one of them that where he could treat you with contempt at times and just look at you. He could just give you that look and walk off and go, nah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was. He was good, Mitch. Really but he was right. right. He was a very good athlete, very good athlete, and and loved yeah. to play. Didn't he? Just loved to play. Yeah. I mean, little little small passes and all that stuff, give and goes. Yeah. So yeah, he was a really yeah. good athlete and a good player. To be to be fair to Mitch, top top player, top and top lad as well. And he and he did reinvent himself when his legs had gone a little bit at Burnley. Like I said, he came in and played a left side centre half, and he was a great defender. Tough to play against, yeah. you know. Like any centre forward knew they were in a game if they were up against Mitch. Like he was, he was a good player. What was he like at yeah, shooting? I mean, what what are fullbacks like generally at shooting? Um, and centre backs really? Do you boys practice that type of stuff, or or is it a case of um, if you fancy, you just have a wallop because they only ever score spectacular ones, or centre backs only ever score with their not, heads? Not not Mitchell. Mitchell couldn't shoot. Uh, Mitchell Mitchell could pass the ball longer than what he could shoot. <laughs> He, he could. Yeah, he could. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't renowned for his goal scoring. I think that's why he always talks about the two he scored against Arsenal, I think, because they were the only two. So, well, but but yeah. I, I, used to lose, I used to love to stay behind after training and just pepper balls into goal. There's no better feeling than sticking the ball in the back of the net. So Even as a, even as a centre-back throughout the years, that's something that's still... you still got that, that, kid, that kid about you, really, putting the ball in the top corner in the bucket or the bins. Yeah. Definitely. Well, me, me lad's a goalkeeper at um, in Preston's academy at the minute. So when I go out with him, I'm, it's it's perfect for me because I'm trying to pepper him past him now. So it's it's great. Gives him a bit of practice if I can hit the target. That is. Steve, Steve used to score quite a few goals, and even I think I read somewhere because I believe or not, I do try and do some research, Steve, on on the guest before. You you got a ratio, I believe, at Burnley, one every ten. One goal in every ten games. Yeah, that's, think, that's high. That's high yeah. for a defender. Every scored, ten games. Yeah, I was lucky. I scored seventy-six in my career. So wow. and there was only, only one penalty in that. So that was in league and cup games. But it, yeah, I, I I was fortunate enough. I don't I don't know. Just fortunate enough to to manage to nick a few goals. And there was there was one season. I think it was the season I left. It was it was the season I left to go back to Burnley, and I'd. I'd scored 10 before Christmas and I was, and I thought it, it was one of those where I just thought every time I go on the pitch, I'm going to score. You know, if we get a call, I'm going to score. And I, I, I can't remember who I spoke to, but I said, can you imagine how, say, Thorpe he felt, you know, that season Thorpe he had? Yeah. You know, where he just, he, he must have known he was just going to score and everything was coming <laughs> off for him and, you know the likes, the likes of Shearer, who who you know yeah. managed to have thirty odd goals nearly every season. It must have been an un- unbelievable feeling to know you could just you were going to score most games. So yeah, oh, awesome. So moving yeah. on to centre backs, um, yes. have you put yourself in? No, I've not. I've left myself wow. out. Wow. 
Yeah. No one's done that yet. No one's put themselves in yet. Everyone we spoke to, no one's put themselves in yet. No. 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 I thought I thought it was only right because it's it's the best players I've played alongside and yeah. This this probably not house. Well, he's not in a household name. The, the right centre back that I'll I'll talk about, but he was he was a massive influence on my career when I left Southampton to go to Burnley and started playing first team football more regularly. He was a uh, he was an experienced player at the time. He'd played in the Premier League or the old First Division for Wolves. He was an uncompromising centre-half. Um, he captained Burnley to the Division 4 title. And he was captain at Wembley when we won in the playoffs as well. So he's, he, he won two promotions. Um, it'd be a difficult one. I don't think you'll, you'll get him. But, but he had a, he's in the team because he had such a big influence on, on the way I played and and the partnership that we built up over those two or three seasons was was uh, was very good. We sort of complemented each other in the way that we played. One more clue: was Burnley his main club, or, or did he go a couple of other places where he uh, no, established Burnley, himself? He probably would had Burnley was probably the club where he played the most, I think. But he, he right. played in the old first division for Wolves as a as a young lad. Um, I haven't got it. Andrew, you got it, Andrew? No, no, no way. No. It, is, it, will, it is a difficult one for, for probably a lot of people, probably Burnley supporters, if, if they're listening, would, would get it. Um, but it's John Pender. I don't okay. know. Oh. He, I heard he was, him. Yeah, he was... Obviously, the way I like to play, he used to bring the ball out and... and Play a little bit, whereas John wasn't as comfortable on the ball. But he was a he was a good, solid defender. You know, he he was a captain, and he and he led by example, not not with shouting and balling and all the rest of it, but led led by what he did on the pitch. And he was he was superb for me. And he he he, he taught me a lot, spoke to me a lot, and um and a really good pro, really really good pro, and a good lad as well. Yeah. No, it sounds it. And and was he was he a six foot five guy or is he a little a little? Sorry, I don't was, know too much about him. Yeah, he was he was six six foot one. He wasn't um, he wasn't massive height wise, but he was big and strong. And you know, back in back in the day, you know, the likes of you know we playing in the fourth division against Billy Whitehurst and and these types of lads. And he used to love a he loved he loved a battle and he loved a fight and. You know, he could. Uh, he he didn't ask a quarter, and he didn't give one either. He was he was a good defender. Yeah, John oh. Pender, the defender, the Burnley supporter. John Pender, the defender. Got <laughs> <laughs> love football fans. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, they're, they're different class. Yeah. So the other centre back, who have you gone for there? Uh, well, there were there was a few that I I, I could have chosen, um, but I I did go for another one who's quite modest, quite quiet. Um, he was a one club legend um, he obviously played played a lot of games played his whole career at one club and like with John as well he's, I sort of complimented each other with the way we played he was a natural left footer um, he was quicker quicker than what I was so, it was, so from that point of view we complimented each other in, in the way that we played um, there was one particular game against uh, in the cup, where he, he managed to pop up right at the last minute with the goal, it was a it to and fro the game, and it was like it, it was the best Luton game that I'd, I'd had in my career, in my time at, at Luton. 
and he and he popped up with the winner in the in the last kick of the game, and it was it was a great it was a great moment, and he's a great lad, um, and and like I said, he's a one club legend. Was this a team? Well, in have, I made, have, have I made it? Have I made it there? Have I made it? You're, made it, You're in. <laughs> the first one. Yes. You're get in. I might have just dropped you, Marv, because I've just seen your pajama bottoms there. Hey, it's now <laughs> twenty past seven here in the US. Not twenty past what? Twenty past twelve to you. No, wow. Yeah. Oh, thank no. you. Listen, you didn't have to put me in there. Come on. I don't want no, no. little. No, there wasn't. Carry on talking then. Go on, go on, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on talking about me. <laughs> but no, it was a, it was a good partnership. I, I thought, and we did we did compliment each other, and and, and Marv was one as well. He, he played the game with a smile on his face, but but uncompromising as well. Knew knew when to be serious and. And just a just a, a good a good team player and a, and you know great great in the dressing room um, and a top player. You just you just picked Ian Cox, the lad from Bournemouth. Oh, Coxie! Oh, wow! Coxie was a yeah. great defender as well. Yeah, Coxie, he was. Wow! Yeah, 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 he was a Rolls Royce, Coxie. You're oh, a yeah, the, yeah, thank you, thank you, Bear. Now, um, <clears throat> just I'm thinking back on Mark. How long was you at Luton for? Do you remember? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. So, yeah. three and a, I was obviously there all my career. And like you yeah. just said, I felt we had a real good connection, a good partnership. And across the years I was there, the, I mean, I've played with many central defenders, but the only two really who I felt that there was, me and them who had a good partnership that we were playing and I felt I can remember a lot of games and stuff was you and Trevor Peak, and that's why I just yeah. thought to myself, "How long?" I, I, I didn't think he was there that long. Cause you, you came, and then I thought it seemed like when you was there, it was it was, it was an age. But then yeah. now you just said three years. I thought it was like something like six years. That's how. That's how <laughs> I mean. It felt like yeah, literally. I, I mean, well, showed how comfortable I felt with you and stuff. But um, yeah, at the time, it was Terry Wesley. Was it who brought you? Was it Terry yeah. Wesley? Terry yeah, Wesley. Terry, Terry was the manager when he brought me in, but I. I think, from what I was told, I think David Pleat had mentioned him, mentioned me, because yeah. yeah. we'd had yeah, a couple yeah. of games in, when I was at Burnley against Luton, where we, I think we beat you, I don't know how we beat you, down at Kenworth Road, 1-0. Um, yeah. we, we got absolutely battered, but we got a goal, and, and we had a good game up at Turf Moor as well. And I, and I, and I, you can confirm this, I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm guessing, but... I remember at the time, was it eight hundred thousand? Was it a lot? Yeah, eight hundred thousand. You do well, Marv. You've done your research, haven't you? No, no. I, I just remember this. I know, but like, yeah. but the thing is, is that I, I briefly remembered you, like as um, like you said Southampton days, and then I thought, yeah, eight hundred thousand. Wow, yeah. he must have got improved so much. Yeah, it was it was seven fifty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your face take blank there. I said, oh. he must have improved so much. But anyway, that went, <laughs> fell on deaf ears, that joke. But no, we, and I thought... Well, hang on a minute. We, we beat you. In the youth team, we beat you 13-2. 13-1, actually. Was it, was it 1? Was it, well, I was doing oh. your service there by saying... I know, that's Dave Oldfield got that goal. <laughs> no, you're right, you're right. I mean, but again, like I said, I thought, that's a lot of money, but then within literally 
months. I mean, just from training with you, I thought, wow. So comfortable yeah. on the ball, like strong in the air. I mean, I think, I mean, that was for me one of the biggest things for us that you, you popped up with so many like late goals for us. And yeah. like you said, the Ipswich game was like, yeah. you know, that's one of the best games I've, I mean, I've played. It isn't the best game what I've said as my most memorable game, but I can remember I've watched it a few times, not just because of the goal, but just for the whole experience because it was two legs, wasn't it? We went to Ipswich yeah. first. Got yeah. beat, two, two one, two, two one. Yeah, come back in the second leg. David Johnson scores to put him three one up. Yeah, and then Fonty scored. Fonty scored three two, and then yeah. Dougie Foddy scored three three, yeah. and then yeah. you scored the header. But the best, <laughs> best thing for me was so funny is when you scored the header, and then you scored the own goal, which is which happens. And yeah. if you watch the bench, Lenny Lawrence, the, the manager at the time, is like, Steve, <laughs> go on, go back up, like to push you back up front sort of thing. Yeah. His, his face was so dejected. But yeah, there, yeah like you're saying, yeah. Um, then I popped yeah. up with that yeah. last minute. And I, I still get... was a goalkeeper, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, yeah he fumbled, fumbled a, I think it was a corner. Or he tipped the corner yeah. and you managed to pop up and... Springy, Springy put it in and he's gone... To, I think he's gone to catch it, wasn't I think he's gone with his left hand to catch it, but he's, he's like, he just... I mean, there was no time really to react. It was just like a case of me thinking, get it on target and see what happens. And it was like, bang, the next thing was in the, in the net and then the rest is history. I just no. remember you galloping away up the pitch as well with your big, <laughs> big smile and that was, that was brilliant. <laughs> Funny enough, it's, it's amazing when you think about how much energy you have there because that was, well, that was two hours. Was that yeah, time, was 100, 117, 118, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm thinking like, for me to be running that, the adrenaline inside me must have been like, wow, because yeah, yeah we've had like, yeah, good times. Oh, it was a, it was a very, very yo-yo game that game, and I think from right. memory, there were most of the goals were scored at the home end as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it was very much yeah. the first half yeah. they scored yeah. a lot of the goals, and then yeah, second half. Because I know yeah, your yeah. winner was at the Kenilworth end. Yeah, yeah, Marv was he was Marv was the only one at the other end, wasn't it? Yeah, was it? Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. and, and they had, and they had a good team in there. They had some good players, yeah, players playing for them at the time. Well, they were yeah. still in the um, Premier League, or they just been knocked down. I think they were still in the Premiership at that stage. Yeah, I know. Jono was playing money. David Johnson, Kieran yeah. Dyer were there at the time. Kieran Dyer, yeah. that yeah. the one that went to Tottenham, the fullback who went to Tottenham, the, the uh, is he Argentinian? Uh, Tariko. Oh, Tariko. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He went yeah. to Tottenham, and then they had um, Richard Wright. Yeah, who's and who's that that French strong centre half? I mean, I was he French? I don't think he was French, but like I can remember him. He wasn't French, was he? I'm sure he was French because I remember Forty Yarders saying, "God, he stunk of garlic." Remember <laughs> that? He did. Did not remember that? I know he was French. I'm sure he was French. Is that half. why he pushed who... for his goal? <laughs> yeah, 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 with both hands and still got away with it. I don't know. how He got away wow. with that. Yeah, but no, that that was well, the that... start with the cup run as well, wasn't it? That season, yeah, I it think. was. Yeah, yeah, we had some, well, that, we had some good games. The, the great, it was a great, always a great atmosphere at Kenilworth as well on a on a night game. The night games, yeah, yeah. night games are brilliant. Game. Oh, brilliant! I like that Coventry game as well, and the you know Barnsley in the cup as well. There's some, yeah, some good, some good nights. Yeah, happy days. Fantastic days. Well, pretty, I, I know Steve. I know um, Mitchell and 
Greza both played for Burnley, but that's not bad. Three out of the four back four Luton yeah. players, that's not bad. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to let you finish off the rest of the team because I'm quite intrigued as to if there is an official link or an unofficial link because there's a hell of a lot of players that swap between the two clubs. <laughs> there is, isn't there? I know, that's I don't know. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so far, Marlon Beresford, both clubs, Graham Alexander, both clubs, Mitchell Thomas, both clubs. You've got... That's why I'm intrigued to see where else we go. And, I mean, if, if you've got any phone calls or, or friends up there, I mean... I'm sure Luton are more than happy to have somebody like Chris Wood up front for next season. Yeah, well, Tarkowski, I think he's after a move, so we could send him down as well if you want. Oh, definitely, definitely. Chuck, it, chuck him down there. Anybody, anybody you like. You, I, I love Sluger, but I'm sure we'll take Nick Pope. Feel free. We'll make sure we bring him up before, what is it, the 8th or 7th of October when the um, transfer window closes? We'll make yeah, sure we give him a seven, Yeah, yeah. Yep. Marv, you're on to it. Yep, leave it yeah. to me. Leave it to me. I'll, I'll, I'll ring him up after this, after this pod. We'll, I'll get onto the phone and die sheet. Fantastic. That's the end. That's the end of part one. And we'll be back very soon after this short break from our sponsor. Mandy's Homemade Bath Bombs. We supply bath bombs throughout the UK at great prices. We have a number of fragrances, bright colours and ultimate fizz that will help with the relaxing time you need to recharge your batteries whilst in the bath. We supply any number of bath bombs, gift packages, or just a treat for yourself whilst you enjoy me time. We are currently taking Christmas orders, so now's the time to order direct from us via Facebook or Instagram. Just search Mandy's Homemade Bath Bomb. Welcome back to part two of our episode with Steve Davis. Uh, Steve's going to move on to midfield now, so looking forward to hearing from that. Off we go. <laughs> so we'll move on to midfielders. On. Move on to these holding midfielders, these protectors to cover yeah. um, to cover Marv. Um, who have you got in front there? <laughs> I've, got, I've gone for two two experienced players, two lads that I played with um, both at Burnley. Um, they they were coming towards the end of their careers. One of them was a um, tough, uncompromising, um, loved to tackle, great. Captain, um, good footballer, good lad. Had a couple of uh, promotions with a club in the northeast. Started his career down at Portsmouth. Um, hard as nails. Kevin Ball. Correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You're smashing me at the moment. I've got hope in the hell. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> No, no, no! It's great. It's great. He got off to the He got off to the other day. He was he's beasting me the other day. He's he just going bang, 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 bang. And now I'm back, I'm back in the groove now. Yeah, and now I'm coming again. to the forefront. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're coming off the ropes, Marv. You're coming off the ropes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so no, Bolly was Bolly was different class. He was great for us at the time. We we just gone into the championship with Burnley and he, he added a little bit of experience obviously the times he captained Sunderland from the championship in the Premier League and um, great lad as, as well as a, a good footballer and and good to have him for my because I was like captain of the Burnley side at the time and to have Borley in the side he was great to bounce things off and I used to you know ask his advice and say you know what would you do in this situation when you were captain at Sunderland and, and whatnot so so he was really good. Another who wore his, his heart on his sleeve 
and and wouldn't wouldn't back down. There was there was one time actually when we played at Sheffield Wednesday. We were coming off the pitch and Stan was the manager of Burnley, and we were winning one nil at the time. And Stan had said something to Bowley on the pitch, and he says, "I'm going to have to knock him out when I get an address to him." Like Bowley was, this is what Bowley was saying. I said, "Bowley, just leave it." So you. You're never going to win the argument, and all that'll happen is he'll take you off at half time. So just leave it, bite your lip, and don't say an out. So he said, "All right, skip the I'll, I'll just leave it." And so we went in the dressing room, and and Stan had a go at him, like and Bawley, To be fair to him, he did bite his lip, and he stayed on the pitch, and we, we won two 0 So, so he was he was pleased with that, and he said, "He said, at the end, <clears throat> go on. Sorry, he said go on. thanks, thanks for that, skip." <laughs> No. But I remember um, listening to another pod with Glenn Little. I don't know if you was there at the time. He told this story about, I think you lot were away somewhere. And Grimsby. something happened. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, it's no, a I'm, I'm story. I, think, I think it no, is no, a Grimsby story. No, I think it's a trip. I think it was like a, a, a trip and you were in a bar. I think Bawley knocked out the two guys in a bar or something. No? You got not ring a bell? No, I can't remember that, no. No, he's played the defeat. Listen, listen, this wasn't a game. This is, this is something to do with, like, I think I, I could, maybe I could be wrong, but I thought it was a Christmas party there that you lot were in fancy dress. And I'm sure that something had happened. There was some people were giving someone a stick, and then Bordy come in no. and he went, not, 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 three or four of them, no. sparkled. No, no. Um, to be, to be fair to Bordy, he, 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 was, he was as tough as. Old boots, oh, like on the, I know. Like, he was aggressive, like, but off off the pitch, never, never, never seen him in, in any bother. You know, I think he's probably one who would talk his way out of any bother as opposed right. to revert to, to sort so of. So, what was the Grimsy one then? <laughs> what was the Grimsy one then? <laughs> the Grimsy one was when um, Stan called him a cheat, <laughs> yeah, so. Which didn't go down well with Bawley because one thing you cannot level a Bawley is you can, you can never call him a cheat like and but but that was Stan for you. Stan had a way of getting people's backs up and getting getting the best out of players and, and you know that's why I think he was a he was a top manager a good man manager he knew his he knew his players inside out and what would what would get them going so but I think he did overstep the mark a little bit with calling Bawley a cheat. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> not hard. Yeah. Yeah. So who else you got next to Bawley? Yeah, next to Bawley. Alongside Bawley, I've gone with a left footer because I want that balance. Um, and when when we get to the to the front players as well, he, he was someone who could pick a pass, could see a pass. He had great awareness, great technical ability. And with with Bawley alongside him as well, um, he would he would win the ball and and give it to give it to this player alongside him. Um, very good player. He's been a very good manager. Just recently lost his job with a club that um, has just gone into some financial difficulties. Um, I think a, a previous guest or a guest that you might have coming up um, won't know this manager, but he'll know the club um, in the northwest. I don't know. I'm, 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 my mind's blank. Andrew, you got to try and strike now with the hands off. I haven't. I'm, he I'm played. Blank. He played back in the early Premier League days. He, I think he was at Wolves. He was at Coventry. 
You had to spell it Norwich. Too many, too many of these spoil the broth. Cookie. Yes. <laughs> Cookie. Yes. 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 Now I remember. Oh, yeah, he's a good player. Yeah. 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 Who's just, he been sacked by? He he left. Uh, he left Wigan. He left Wigan because oh. they've done administration. That's right. So he's he's come out of there, but he's he's done really well. He had a good spell at Akron as a manager. Got Portsmouth up, Chesterfield up, got Wigan yeah. up. Yeah. So, but top, oh, he, top. Kept, he kept he kept Wigan up if it wasn't for the dodgy yeah yeah he that happened there yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah. So, but but a good footballer, wand of a left foot, great delivery yeah. of set players, um, a real real good lad as well. Um, so so they're they're the two central midfielders. A bit of craft and a bit of brawn. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And then you go into attacking. So what you got yeah. up front then or, or just behind? We've got the front three. Um, one, they, they can interchange positions. One of, one of them um, was a, a lad that I, I was an apprentice with at Southampton. Um, when I made my first division debut um, against Norwich, he scored a hat-trick. Um, and there was many, many games where in the youth team, I just stood at the back and just watched in awe yep. of the things this lad could do, could do with a football. It was, it was quite incredible at times. Some of the goals he scored, he, you know, he would, he had an ability to score a goal from distance, but not strike through the ball. If you know what I mean, there would always be a bit of whip on it, and it'd always be off, off his instep. Uh-huh. Was a king of penalties, bar one. Yeah. As well. Wait, Andrew, you got it? I'm starting to doubt myself. I thought it was Matt Latizia. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah I see. when you started talking about the instep, I was thinking, was it him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Matt Latizia. Yeah, he, he just had this ability to strike the ball 30 yards, but but not yeah. strike through it straight. It would, there would always be a bit of whip on it. and But he was, he was unbelievable. I mean, you talk about natural ability and... Um, and things he could do with a football is times where he would just chop people inside out and dink the keeper and chip the keeper and he could do he could do all sorts. He was he was incredible. A great great lad as well. Another another good lad. Um, it was great to come through with him at Southampton. Although he was didn't. he headed, was he that far ahead of everybody else then? Because obviously in terms of those graduates, he was clearly yeah. the most successful. Yeah, he was. He was, he was, he was unbelievable. He, I mean, I think he made his debut when he was 17. So he, he, he sort of advanced from the youth team. He missed out the reserves to a degree and went straight into the first team and, and just hit the ground running. He, he, sort of, he didn't play regularly when he first got in the first team, um, but I think there was only two subs at that time, I think, Marv. Correct me if yeah, I'm wrong. I mean, no, you're right. There wasn't as many now as what there was, but he spent time on the bench. I don't think Chris Nickel, the manager, trusted him to play him right from the start, but but he's he's proved that he was uh, more than capable throughout his career. And even going back to those, like you said, those Southeast County days when we used to play each other, I remember that one particular game, which I mean, never forget, 31, I think he got seven in that game. Yeah. I think yeah. he got seven goals. And I mean, you, I mean, we didn't see it week in, week out. You was obviously with, in, in, with him in training and stuff for that. It's, it's quite surprising that he was really like when he was coming through like a little Rooney, wasn't he? I mean, but there wasn't that much 
press about it. I don't know if it was no. down where you were, where you down in Southampton, but like there wasn't that much like news in the paper about oh this new wonder kid sort of thing that he no. says. It was quite quite quiet really, I suppose. But yeah, he was a very yeah. good player. Yeah, he was. I, I think it, he had levelled at him that he wasn't particularly fit, and he he did like a Mars bar, and he he'd like to die, you know, a coke and all the rest of it. But when it came to the run, and he could, you know, he could hold his own. He could run. He wasn't unfit. But he, on the pitch, like he was, he was incredible, unbelievable, and, yeah. a, and a, creator, a creator of goals as well as a scorer of, of great goals as well. He was, uh, he was, he was very good, very good yeah. to serve. So you moved on from Southampton. Um, I've asked Mark this before as well. Do you think that Letizia should have moved on? Do you think he was? And I'm not meaning to be offensive to Southampton fans here, but do you think he was? almost wasted there because he, he could have quite easily gone at the time to the top clubs, Newcastle, Man, Man United, those type of Blackburn. It was yeah. level quite often. Yeah. I think, I think, I mean, I spoke to him and he's in the, in the past from the point of view, he, I don't think he's had any regrets, which I think is important. Um, but I think he did have, he did have the chance to go to Tottenham, I think. And I think he had a chance to go to Chelsea when Hoddle was manager. Oh. Um, I think I don't know. I think you'd you'd like to test yourself at at a at a, a big club, and that's like you say, no disrespect to Southampton, but at the time they you know they were punching above their weight as as Luton were as well at, at that time in the top league. So um, I w- I would love to have seen him go and play for a, a, a top club and do the things that he he could do for it, you know, on the on the top top level and in cup finals and on the on the you know the big stages. So I've, I've no doubt he would have been able to perform at that level, definitely, in a top side. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and moving on, so obviously my logic says he plays more so in the middle, but who have you got on the the kind of the sides as well? Now you say Letizia can play the side, but yeah, mostly down yeah. the centre. Yeah, well, he's, I've actually got him out on the right, but like I said, oh. interchanging, because the, the, the other two that are going to go alongside him, they can, they can all play in those three positions across the front, right, left, and, and in behind the striker. Um, so in behind the striker, I've got um, a player played with at Burnley. Um, he was signed in for Brad from Bradford. He scored the first goal when we got back into the Premier League for Burnley. It was a fantastic volley against Manchester United. Um, he's now... He's now a coach at Bognor Regis Town, down on the south coast. Um, Andrew, you got it? No, no. Robbie Blake. Robbie, Robbie Blake. Blake. Yeah, absolutely. The magician, the little magician. He was, he was brilliant. He, I mean, he was, he was a bit like Matty from the point of view. People said he couldn't run and all, you know, and he was overweight. But with Blake, he's the fact that he was quite thick set helped him with the way he played, the way he'd get his big backside into centre-halves and he's, he could turn quickly and he could shift his feet quickly and get half a yard and, he's, and he could strike the ball over distance as well. He scored some unbelievable goals from you know, free kicks and from outside the box. Um, and he actually played, we played against Forrest and him and Jack Lester were up front for Forrest at the city ground and we got whooped four and out, and it could have been double that. It could have been double figures. We 
him and him and Jack Lester absolutely tore, tore me to shreds. It was possibly one of the worst nights I'd had. And Stan Turner, with 20 minutes to go, uh, dragged me off. He said, uh, yeah, he said, I'm saving you for Saturday, Steve. And he said, and if anyone asks in the press, you pulled your calf, okay? <laughs> I'm sure you weren't bothered, were you? You were quite happy to get off that pitch probably that night. That was the one time when I was absolutely delighted to get off that pitch and get in that dugout. Because it was the movement, the movement, and the, the, I just couldn't... It was one of those nice... You know, Marv, I think you've had loads of them where you just kind of get near them. <laughs> you can't say that. You picked him in your team now. You can't... I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's football banter. That's, that's, that's just the norm, Andrew. That's just the norm. <laughs> Yeah, it was nice somewhere where you just have them yeah. where you... T- there was another one I played played Palace when um, Dougie Friedman and Forsell were playing up front for Palace and that right. was another day where that, that movement just just killed me in behind and I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't you know, sort of uh, match them or get near them. But it was just... Uh, I, I, I had one of them when I first got into the team and I was playing against Palace and at the time it was right and bright but looking oh, yeah. how their career went I think I was just like obviously yeah. young and naive so I mean it wasn't yeah. maybe that bad a night as I thought it would have been because they they literally did as a young kid terrorise me like yeah. at Selhurst Park the two of them really obviously rightly came to Burnley as well and at the back end of his career but even even in training you know like when the ball was out wide and you you can see him and yeah. you've got him but then you look at the ball. Well, and, and then he's gone. He's gone, gone, and, he's, gone yeah. and he's a classier and he's he's nicked yeah. in and he's he's tapping it in and running off with his arm <laughs> open. You think, where did he come from? He was there a minute ago. But yeah, great great movements in Yeah, there were two top strikers then, Mark, to be fair. Fantastic. Yes. And the other side. So who else have you got in the attacking midfield role? The other side, um, we have got is He's a wide man, but like an unconventional type wide man. He was six foot three, wasn't quick, but had an unbelievable ability to chop and change direction and, and could get right to the byline and he could dig a cross out. He was renowned for, for standing balls up to the back post for a big centre forward that we had at the time to come in and, and nod them home. Um, loves a story. Great banter. He was one of them in the in the dressing room where you didn't have to speak because he would do all the talking for you. Um, London boy. He's a London boy. He's a London boy. Yeah. Started yeah. at Palace. Yeah. Yeah. Then went to Ireland and then this the club I'm talking about where I played with him uh, signed him from Ireland. But really funny lad. But top player as well. Eventually got his move into the Premier League. He went to a team Bolton, in the Championship. Well, yeah, he went to Bolton, actually. Then he went to Reading and they got promoted right. with a record number of points and then he, he played in the big league. Um, Glenn Little. Glenn Little, that's it. Yeah, he was he was superb. And and like I said, with alongside Blakey and um and Matty, you know, there, there was a lot of creativity there and people I could see a pass and put balls in the box for the big centre forward that we've got coming up next. So so I think it's a good a good front three to play play behind me centre forward. So you yeah. said Glenn Little was quite a quite a comical man, um, and Not by the sound of it, as as we know, he's he's quite happy to dish out some stories. So have you got any stories on on Glenn? 
Um, any any it, pranks you played, or were you out of all those? It was. It wasn't. It wasn't one of sort of pulled pranks. It was one that would just. It was. It just got him selling to bother for some reason. You know, like it, it was once. I wasn't actually on the bus. It was before I'd signed, but. Burnley had played down at Bournemouth and, and Paul Crichton, the goalkeeper, had made his debut and Burnley got beat 5-0. And as happens on the way back from, you know, some people get dropped off at certain points and whatnot. And uh, and Crichton got off the bus and Glenn shouted, great debut, Crichton, <laughs> like that, down the bus. And Stan, Stan was sat behind him, I think, or certainly next to him. And he whacked, whacked him on the top of the head with a, <laughs> with a bottle of beer. As he as he gone off and said, "Shut up, Blakey." Confidence builder. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and he had a we had, he had a he had a few run-ins with with Stan, but but it was it was like a love-hate relationship with him and and Glenn because he knew on a Saturday like he could produce the goods for him as well. But uh, he's a funny lad. Like he used to he used to take Stan off as well before games, like in the yellow lad pictures in the dressing room. He was he was brilliant. You'll have to you'll have to try and get him on. If you I spoke to him on Twitter a couple of times yeah. and um, yeah. so I listened to it. He was on another podcast and he was, the stories were hilarious. And yeah, you're right. He is yeah. one person who we'd love to try and get on because his stories are just, we went, Andrew, we went in there to talk. We literally go, this is the Glenn Little show. And then yeah. that will be it for the next hour. Honestly, he's hilarious. But you're right. Yeah. He's, he's he's a funny a funny lad, yeah. It was funny because when he it was he was that loud and that talkative when when he did leave and went to Bolton on loan. Um, the dressing room was so quiet when he when he'd gone. He didn't realise how much he actually did talk <laughs> until he wasn't there. It was and I don't know who took the mantle up, but uh, but no, he was a big miss. Great player as well, top player. That sounds so, it. And and up front, who have you gone for as your centre forward? Um, I've gone for a lad who I was an apprentice with. I'd, I was in the age group of Matty, uh, Francis Benali, um, a lad called Andy Cook. And, and the year below us, was there was a few players who went on to have good careers. Yeah. Um, he scored a hat-trick on his debut when he was yeah. 17 against yeah. Arsenal. Um, and he went on to bag a few goals yeah. <laughs> there on in. Definitely. Um, yeah. He was... Go on, Andrew. Go on then, Andrew. Say it. Mr. Alan Shearer? Correct. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah, Alan Shearer. I mean, obviously, I played, played a few games with him in the first team at Southampton, but the majority of the time it was either, you know, youth team football, but just training, training alongside him. And you could see, as a young lad, he was physically, how well developed he was. He was, he was like a man when he was 17. And he, he got his chance against Arsenal. And we were... We were playing in the reserves because back then, Marv, you, the reserves played on a Saturday, didn't they? In the combination, right, yeah. two o'clock. Yeah, we, we were playing against West Ham and we'd drawn two each, and we were getting on the bus. And obviously, there was no mobiles and there was no Twitter, and you couldn't get the scores. You had to wait for the radio to tell you what was going on. Like so, so we got on the bus and unbelievable news down from the Dell. And you know, this young lad, Alan Shearer, seventeen, you know, he scored a hat trick against Arsenal, and, <laughs> and like. Arsenal were the team at the time, obviously, yeah. with Tony Adams and Bold at the back and, you know, the, the great players that they had. And, and like Shearer, just, he just went from strength to strength after that. He was an incredible, incredible footballer. Um, 
scored obviously a hat full of goals and you know just he's, he's ended up being a top striker on it. So no, was, I don't was was I would say was there met a particular scout or something? Because I mean yourself being from up north, Shearer, I know was from up, yeah. obviously up north. Was there a, a particular scout who was recruiting you guys? And yeah, there was. Uh, Jack Hickson was the name of the scout, and his cousin, who was called Jackie Robson, he worked in the Durham area, and they had like Phil Parkinson. Jackie Robson got got him down, who's now manager at Sunland. Uh, Neil Madison, Tommy Woodrington, yeah. was a young another oh, lad. Who, players, who, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tommy Woodrington as well, uh, Barry Wilson. So there, there was at that time there was a lot of schoolboys because the system was different. It wasn't academies. You just went down to the clubs at schoolboy weeks. We never tra- we never tra- trained in the car park, mind down at Salanton, like you did. Man. <laughs> that, I know. But I mean, the only other thing I was going to say to you is was was Southampton the only choice you had, or was the clubs a little bit closer to home that maybe showed a little bit interest yeah. in you as a kid? Yeah, I could have. I went. I could have gone to Sunderland as a schoolboy as well, um, and I had I had trials. I went to Tottenham and Forest and West Brom and Everton. There was lots lots of clubs at the time, but Southampton had had this reputation of bringing through young lads, um, and I and I decided to, to decided to go go down there. It was a long way, obviously, from Newcastle, but but it was a, a good decision. Tough at the time. Uh, when you, you go down and you're away from home and etc. Et but uh, there were some good lads. And I think you'll agree, Mark, when you're an apprentice, that two years that you spend together as apprentices, when you, you know, you're cleaning boots and you're, getting, you're yeah. scrub, squabbling for kit and slips and making sure you've got your gear for your pros so you don't get called into the dressing room in front of everyone. It was yeah. you know, great, great times, a great character building. Best times. Best yeah. times for me. Yeah. The best times, you know. Yeah. Who who are you? Um, who did you clean the boots for in the Southampton team? When I first went, it was Mark Wright, um, the big centre half who played for England, um, yeah. and Steve Baker. They were they were the two that I got, and then I Steve got who? Sorry, Steve, Steve Baker. Steve Baker. He oh. was another lad from the northeast, um, and then Chris Wilder was the year above us, the Sheffield United manager, and then I cleaned his boots when he went to be a to be a pro as well so so yeah it was yeah they were, they were good days great days and it, I think if, it, if I could change football today it would be bring back jobs for the scholars and let them yeah. let them you know a bit of discipline and all the rest of it yeah. it was it was brilliant for us because the youth team manager we had Dave Merritt was very strict and very um he was sort of a, he was a, he was aggressive, but he was he was a good coach as well, and he you know and he he, he was trying to bring you up to be able to cope to be in a man's world, you know because yeah. that's what football was back then. One there was no no hiding place, even if you were young lads, right. you, you made your debut early, Marv, and yet you had to be able to stand up and to be counted in in amongst you know that Mick Harford, Steve Foster, Les Seeley, these types of lads you were yeah. playing with. You know, if you're I mean, first, I, you can have a good, you can get a good bollocking off from as well. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I spoke about it with, um, on the podcast with Andrew on yeah. um, his podcast about um, having to grow up quickly and fast. And I agree with you. I think if there's one thing which we could bring back, which builds character, in, our, in my opinion, I'm sure in your opinion, is when you just have to be 
held responsible to do jobs. You know, you're doing the dressing room, you're you're doing the um, the footballs. I mean, if he, again, if, who's on the balls? These balls, and the pros are like, boom, kick it. It's, it's yeah. shit. It's soft. The ball's too soft. You know what I mean? Yeah. Things like that. The pros used to basically run how the sh- the show went, and I and I said a couple of times. I remember coming in the dressing room, and you didn't really want to go in the dressing room as a kid, especially if the bus was leaving at five to ten to go yeah. to Vauxhall's at the time in Luton to set up the stuff for the pros. If you so happened to go in that dressing room, I can remember going in once or twice, and it it'd be like Fossey go, "Here he is, Marv." Yeah. Um, and it's like five to ten. The bus is leaving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Marv, um, go down the bottom of the road. Get what do you want? What do you want, Steenie? Yeah, I'll have a sausage and egg. Ma- ma- yeah, what do you want? Yeah, and I can't say no. I'm literally now having to <laughs> run down the road, get their breakfasts and their soups and whatever, spring yeah. back up, give it to them, and then literally go out to see if the bus is there. No, gone. And then yeah. get a Listen. lift with one of the pros and get a rollicking from the youth team manager as they get up to the. Like voxels, where the FNL you been? We leave at five for ten. I'm sorry, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Humble. What can we do? We we had one scenario at Southampton where the, we'd been training at the, or they'd gone back to the Dell and all the kit, the pros had put it in a pile. Well, it was all over the place in the dressing room, but the PFA were coming in and they wanted to speak to all the pros and all the apprentices about. I don't know what it was about, to be fair, but so we all went up to the, the old players' lounge at the Dell. Remember it, Marv, where you used to go up the steps? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. So Dave Merritt and our youth, youth team coach comes bursting in halfway through the meeting. Ground staff downstairs. So we, we all the apprentices had to come out, go back down to the dressing room, and he took us in the dressing room and he said, that's not good enough, and pointed at all the kit and all the rest of it. And he said, right, back in here at one o'clock, go and get your dinners. And come back. So we came back and we thought we're just going to get a bit of a dressing down. Listen, lads, don't don't leave the kit. I know you've had a meeting, etc., etc. Just tidy up after you. And he said, right, trainers on. So we've all got our trainers on. He's marching us down to the to the pitch side, down the steps at the Dell. So we've all congregated at the at the, at the corner flag. And he's gone uh, right. Forty laps. Forty. Forty laps. And he just stood there, and, and we were like. 40, what, 4-0, 40 laps. He went, yeah, 40 laps. I'm going to sit in that stand and I'm going to count them off like that. Off you go. So we set off round the Dell. We did, it was on a Thursday. We were playing on the Saturdays. 40 laps. It took us an hour and three quarters to do it. Non-stop. And he just sat, he just sat in the stand. One, every time everyone ran past two. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. But I tell you what, we never left the dressing room untidy again. Yeah, exactly. And that was again. that was the moral of the story. He was he was a hard taskmaster, master, but he, he taught you good things and disciplined. And there was another one where we got beat off West Ham in the South East Counties Cup five 0 and he got us in at six o'clock in the morning the next day. And he said, "If you're not prepared to work hard, he said you might be doing this for a living. Think yourself lucky where you are and all this sort of stuff." And you know. There's no excuse for not working hard in games, and he was he was brilliant, Dave. Superb. So yeah, talking of that, then talking of that, yeah, talking of kind of how to manage youngsters and things like that. Who would you say then is the best manager you've ever worked under, and why? Um, I think 
I think it's close between two. I didn't have I didn't have that many managers in my career. I had Chris Nicholl at Southampton. I had a spell at Notts County when Neil Warnock was manager. He was entertainers, as you can imagine. Um, <laughs> Steve McMahon I had at Blackpool. Um, and then the two, it's between Lenny and it's between him and Stan Turner who were the, who were the best. Um, I don't know if you remember, Mar, when Terry lost his job, David, David Kohler, Andrew, got us in. Uh, he got me, you, Marv, I think, Mitch, Gary Waddick. Yes. And I, I can't remember whether it was anyone else, but he got us in the boardroom and he said, Terry's, Terry's gone and we're going to appoint um, very shortly, but it's between two managers. Can you remember, Marv? And there was, on, there was two, man, two managers that, it was Mike Walker, who had been... Yes, Mike, yes, yes. Been a Norwich yes. manager, yeah. Or, yeah. And, and went to Everton. I don't know whether he'd been to Everton previous or whether he'd gone to Everton after, after Norwich. But he said, it's Mike Walker or it's Lenny Lawrence. And he asked, yeah. he asked us as the senior pros, he said, what do you think? Who do you think? So we, we I think we all said Lenny. Lenny, we all, well, Lenny obviously got the job and we all... We all well, we got Lenny the job, <laughs> apart from his interview. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I remember that actually, funny if you, when you said uh, Mike Walker, I remember, um, I, I had nothing against Mike Walker, but I remember the time um, when they got us in. Lenny just, I think, for me, obviously, was Charlton. And it, it, it'd been in that situation where he was like, worked well with like a low, like not a big budget. And so yeah. was used to maybe like Charlton rescuing them and was a, like a, a saviour of keeping teams up. And I just, yeah. it just seemed the, the, the natural choice. And I think you're right. We, we, we all said many. And, and, yeah. and like, I'm similar to yourself, many would be up there for me. I know, I mean, going, talking to a lot of Luton fans, they didn't, they didn't really appreciate Lenny that, that much, but he really was a top, top manager in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can remember the years when he was just being hounded down at the enclosure, the bottom corner by the tunnel. Oh, oh they was literally, I was, because I was only a young kid then, in that area, and we used to sit down there with my old man, um, yeah. and, the, and literally just spitting at him, throwing things at him. And you can always tell when it's bad at Luton, when they actually pull the actual, when they pull the plastic out, yeah, if they normally yeah. leave the tunnel as normal, you know it. Ah, oh, these gonna be alright. But as soon as they pull the plastic out, you go, "Jeez, this ain't good. <laughs> it's not going to end well, is it?" <laughs> Just to protect them. There was no hiding place in that corner when you came off, was there? Have you been beaten? Oh, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't know if you were still there at the club when. Um, you remember the dressing room the time with Kim Grant that time? Was you there? Yeah, when, I was there with Grant. Yeah. When I when when I because like Darren Patson was staying at my house, Darren Patson, and we were both like injured, I think, and we went out, so I wasn't playing, and so oh, but Kim yeah, was yeah. playing, and yeah. it was a case where like Kim was sub, I think it was sub, but like yeah. Lenny knew Kim from the Charlton days, because I think he signed him as a yeah. as a youth team player, and um, yeah. it was a case where, oh, I mean myself, Pat, so we weren't playing, but we were in the dressing room listening to the yeah. team talk and so Lenny's doing his team talk saying uh, and Kim Grant's sitting right in the corner by the door as you come in as you yeah. walk in by the door yeah. and Lenny's got his like side like talking saying look we've got to start really quick today we've got to be on the front foot we can't we can't let them in game in no whatsoever we cannot let them in the game and then without just from nowhere then it's Steve he went 
yes or no was you out last night? <laughs> I was like, whoa. And, <laughs> and Kim, to be fair to him, was like, calm, straight face, no gaffer. I wasn't out last night. If I catch you lying, that'll be it. Your feet will never touch the ground, boy. Wasn't he? It was like, from nowhere, he was doing his team talk, and then he just turned around, yes or no, were you out last night? Wow. I, think, I don't know whether it was the same time as well, but everyone was in the congregated in the physio's room as well, in Clive's room, and he goes, and without looking into it, and he goes, and that goes for you lot sat in that room as well. I don't know whether it was in that in that instant or whether it was another I time. Know. A pressure, but but he was he was great, Lenny. I remember. Can you remember you when what? we arranged to go on a Christmas night out as well? one time and he said right go and have a good time but I'm telling you now if anything <laughs> ends up in the papers you yeah, are yes. going to be you are going to be effed with a capital F capital F yeah, yeah. <laughs> mark my words yes yes he was remember. I mean like, I mean and, I, and, the, and the, another thing I remember right, he knew how to look after the, the sort of the older players because yeah. yourself me Mitch um, Gary Gary Waddock on the Monday yeah. after the game, it would go. You 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 go on the bike. You can just have a little relaxing yeah. day. You you four. And so you knew during the week you put a shift in and come the game. If you yeah. put another shift in, you that you'd have a like not a a day off, but a, a relaxing Monday because we were the older players and he was looking after yeah. our legs. Yeah. yeah well, you, you got you got him his job. Maybe he knew. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, it was it was great, Andrew. With you, I mean, and if that, I understand, he, he did get a bit of stick towards the end. Like, but but you think of the, the young lads that he, he brought into the team as yeah. well. You know, like Sean Evers at the time and Springy and Maka was playing and Kelvin. You know, there's yeah. and Stuart Douglas, Forty Yardis. There were some good young players there. That, that, that he, he bring through. Can you? Which, can you? Oh, sorry. You just remind me of something there. I'm not trying to be horrible or anything, but like he was a little bit weird. Can you remember the lad who come on the left foot at Ipswich and he was like had a funny haircut? He was a, can you remember the young lad? What was his name? Jimmy you used to say Jimmy Cox, you know it. Yes, Jimmy Cox. Yeah. yeah. He was very like he didn't talk, did he? He was very quiet uh, and like just used to just stare. Yeah, he was from <laughs> Gloucester. Gloucester, yeah, Gloucester. Yeah. Now. Not that there's anything wrong with Gloucester. For anyone no, that's no. From Gloucester, but he was, no, no, yeah, no. He was, he was quiet. He was quiet, lad, wasn't he? Andre Scarlett as well, another one. Yeah. I remember no, him. Yeah. He, was, he was a short little quick guy, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was He was another decent player as well. But, uh, but Coxie, I don't know how you, re- how do you remember his name just like that? Jimmy I don't know. Cox as well. Yeah. Just I can, Jimmy Cox. I can remember, I think he made his debut, he made his debut against... I might be completely wrong here, but I'm sure it was against Oldham when we wore, we wore the away strip, that yellow, and not the yellow, the orange. Orange. The orange kit at Kenilworth Road for some reason. But but no, he was he was good, Lenny, anyway, getting back to Lenny. He was. Yes, he was very so, good. We interrupted. Is Lenny then your number one manager? Or are we talked all this and then you're going to pick Stan Tennant? I was going to say, yeah, despite all these good stories, it's Stan. <laughs> <laughs> it's Stan. Is it Stan? Yeah. Is it Stan? Well, yeah. Like, well, like Lenny, yeah, Stan was when when I went back to to Burnley, he he sort of sold it as you know I want to build a team around you and 
we're going to have a bit of investment in the team and, I, and we will get promoted. That, that's the plan and then we're going to go on from there. And sure enough, he, we did end up getting promoted, but he was a great man manager. He got the, like, the likes of himself. He got Mitch in eventually. Um, he got Bowley in, Cookie, you know, good experience. Mickey Mellon, experienced players that he knew he could rely on on a Saturday and could run the dressing room to a degree as well. But I think the art of a good manager is you always knew who the gaffer was. And when it came to the crunch, if the gaffer spoke, you, you all listened and you, and you sort of, you had that respect off everyone. But mad as I had to like, he was, he, was, he was completely and utterly nuts. Like, especially when he gave up the cigarettes just after Christmas every season. And, he, and it was... We used to go at the physio. How was he sourcing up? And he go, no, that's a good game. <laughs> we, we just knew we were in bother that day in training. So, But great, great manager. We still speak to him now and go and see him. And and he's a, he's a real a real good character. Real character. So he did he choose for you to go to Luton? And then did he choose to bring you back? Or what was the kind of the, the story behind that? No, I was... When I came to Luton, I was out of contract. We'd just been relegated from the championship. Um, and I'd, they'd offered me a contract and I decided it, it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't, I thought it was worth more, more than that. And I'd, we just obviously got relegated, but it wasn't really money oriented. It was more the fact that we'd got into the championship and I wanted to, I wanted to stay in there. I didn't want to go back to, to League One. So um, Luton with a, the first ones to come in, um, Birmingham also showed a bit of an interest, but I met, came down and met the chairman because the manager hadn't been. Um, in fact, no, Terry, Terry Wesley actually rang me up and he Indeed. said, it, I could, yeah, he rang me up and he said, um, is that Steve? And I went, yeah, it's, it's Terry Wesley. And I went, who? Because <laughs> I'd, I'd obviously I'd, he'd been youth team coach, and I didn't I didn't know who he was. I hadn't come across him, and he said, "Oh, I'm, I've I've just been given the job at Luton. Would you be interested in coming to speak?" So, so I thought, yeah, that's great. Because obviously, played at Luton a few times, and you know, great great history at the club with being you know overachievers and being in you know the old first division for so many years, and um, so I came and spoke, and, and I thought, yeah. It sounds good, this, and and I was I was delighted to sign after a, a tribunal. I'm, I'm sure David Cole wasn't so pleased when seven hundred fifty thousand came out for the tribunal, man. But, um, but anyway, it was a, it was a great move and I had fantastic three and a half years uh, at the club, and obviously met the likes of Marv and Grezer and you know Kelvin Macca lads, at Dave Oldfield that you still speak to now, and I think that's the sign of a good club when you you can not see someone for, for 10 years, but as soon as you see them again, it's like you were back 10 years ago. And yeah, you're just, yeah. still, you know, there were, there was a great bunch of lads. And I just, the only regret is I wish we'd got promoted that year when we got into playoffs. Because oh, I think we, we, we were good enough to... Was that against Crew? Was it Crew we lost to? Yeah. 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 We, we were good think, enough to get out of that league. And again, I mean... Remember the Lenny, the Lenny speech afterwards. I can't. No. I can't, no? no. So no. The, the first, the first. I mean, the first game, <clears throat> I got injured. I was injured or something. And I missed the first game, and we got beat 
we got beat. Jules got sent two, off, didn't he? Jules got sent off, and then we yeah. got beat. Was it one nil or two one? No, two one. Two one. one, two, one, one yeah. yeah, I think so. Two one, and so the um, this game back at Kenilworth Road now. I'm now fit. I'm playing, and um, we take the lead, don't we? We take yeah. the lead, and then yeah. we score again, don't we? Yeah, Dave Oldfield playing scored both of them. Yeah, scored both, and so and then. Adi Bola, wasn't it? Just, yeah. I mean, yeah. he popped up and stuff. And I, I don't know. I don't know why I can remember this, but I mean, because it, maybe it's just a Lenny moment for me. But he he come in after the game, and he's like, everything's all quiet, and he's going. So we go one up, and I'm thinking it's a good start. It's a good start. We go two up, and I'm thinking. What am I going to be wearing at Wembley? What suit am I going to be wearing? And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden from nowhere, you lot, fuck it up. <laughs> I can't remember that. Right. Do you not remember that? Oh, my no, God. Yeah. Like, yeah, one up, and then two nil up. Yeah. I'm thinking about what suit I'm going to wear, and what I'm going to wear, and then all of a sudden, you lot, fuck it up. That is typical Lenny, isn't it? It is, it is, yeah. But yeah, but that you're right. That was really when I look back now. I, I mean, probably blanked it out of my head. That probably yeah is one of the biggest things. We beat them seven nil in the league that year, didn't we? Well, we didn't. Well, at Kenworth, yeah. Was it we six nil? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so and we were them. to be. We should have gone up automatically. I really because yeah. we were like probably easily the best team in that league. I would have yeah. thought. Looking yeah. at the games, I can remember playing the games week in, week out. We finished third, I think. We were clear. We had that third hoodoo. That kind right. of, you know, whoever finishes third never goes up. I think yeah. that's what happened. Yeah. Right. yeah it was disappointing because it, it was Brentford who got into the final as well with Crew, wasn't it? And yeah. They were completely different styles, weren't it? Brentford we were, were back to front with Carla Saber and, and people yeah. like that playing. And, yeah, but it was disappointing that. Very disappointing because we were good enough to to go up. Yeah. Mm. So, um, Marv, your question of the week and the pod about Luton. I think you've kind of yes. may have answered it, Steve. Yeah. Um, your most memorable Luton game and why? Yeah, we have mentioned it. It was the, the Luton Cup game. Um, I think it was it was it wasn't a full house at Kenilworth that night, but it was just one of them. Early round, you know, cup nights where it was a nice night. It was it was great to play at Kenilworth, like I said previously, on in the at night games against the good football inside. And just the way the game went, the fact that we we came back into it, and then obviously from my point of view, I'd scored, and then I'd scored the own goal, and and then Mar popped up with a winner, and it was it it was just a great night. It was I don't know, sort of. If you'd, if you'd written that and sort of put it in front of someone, this is the way the game's going to go, they would have yeah. said it was a bit too far-fetched. But it was just one of them nights. And then obviously we we went on to have a good cup run that season as well, I think, on the back of that. And that was, that was that, I think that was my most memorable one, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But we did have some good good nights in that run as well, didn't we, against Coventry and Barnsley? Coventry and Barnsley, yeah. We did. In the quarterfinals at Sunderland, so... But yeah, that was my most memorable one. Excellent. And um, again, like, I want to thank you um, for coming on here, Steve. Um, it's been a pleasure to catch up again and have a chat with you. Just for like for some of the 
like listeners, Burnley, Luton, whatever. What, I mean, just tell us a little bit what you're doing now, um, what your situation, if you're still involved in the game, sort of thing. Yeah. What are you doing now at the moment? Yeah, no problem. It's been a pleasure being on. Really enjoyed it. Thanks. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm UK scouting manager at Everton now. So I've, I'm part of the scouting uh, recruitment department. Um, so just getting out, well, not at the minute, not getting out of games, but being fortunate enough to, to go around the world and, and be in a different wow. tournament in South America and stuff like that and covering Premier League games and, you know, but also covering under-23 games, under-18 games and League One, League Two. So it's a, it's a diverse role, but it's it's really good, really enjoyable and um, part of a great club with some some good people there as well. So um, I'm very fortunate to still be involved in, in the game that I think we all love. Excellent. Fantastic, fantastic. So um, you were part of James Rodriguez, were you? You... you... You scouted him? Yeah. I didn't scout him, unfortunately, you know. <laughs> you didn't get a free trip to the Bernabeu or to the no. Allianz or something? <laughs> no, I didn't, unfortunately. No, but, but yeah, well, part, part, of, part of the process of, of, you know, bringing players in and stuff, and it's uh, very exciting. And obviously with the manager we've got as well, with Carlo Ancelotti in charge, it's, uh, you know, we've got a, one of the best managers in the world, so hopefully we can manage to have a, a good season this year. Good luck. Good luck. Time, apparently, yeah. sorry, the third time is apparently signed for him, isn't it? Uh, Rodriguez, yeah. The third yeah, time. So, Madrid and Bayern Munich as well, yeah. So, so. hopefully, he can uh, produce his form from the World Cup. Yeah. He was hopefully. Yeah. Fingers okay, crossed. then. All right. Well, thank you very much, Steve. Um, yeah. Like I said, um, we really, really appreciate your time. And um, thanks very much for coming on um, My Best 11 podcast. And have you got any final messages you want to give across to um, obviously all your fans um, and all the clubs you play for? Um, is there anything you want to say to them? I think just obviously we're in the eve of the season. So for all the clubs I've played for, good luck to all of those. Um, when hopefully supporters will be back in stadium soon. And obviously from a Luton point of view, you know, get behind Jonesy. He, he was another one, Marv, when... When I first signed, it happened at the same time, but never, never got involved with the first team. But you've got a really good manager in him, you know, really enthusiastic. And yeah. despite the fact that he left to go to Stoke, I think he's proved at the end of last season what he's capable of. And hopefully this year you'll be mid-table and looking upwards as opposed to looking downwards. So good luck to everyone at Luton. Yeah. Hope it's a great season. Excellent. Thanks so much for your time and take care. Thanks very much, Steve Davis. Brilliant. Thank, Thank you, Bert. Take care. Bye. All the best. Cheers, Andrew.